edition of the, the Kansas Covered Podcast, a special edition. We usually come at you every two weeks, but uh, with so much going on at the winter championship season, it felt like a good idea to bring you a special edition this week to kind of wrap up state wrestling, talk a little bit about state bowling, and then dedicate next week's podcast to our state basketball uh, finales uh, coming up in two weeks. So we will get uh, get into the the championships that just got com- completed with state wrestling and talk about the championship coming up this week with state bowling. And we'll start with bowling uh, and talk about it a little bit. And Scott and I will be down at North Rock Lanes in, in Wichita to cover state bowling this year. And, and uh, you know, we got defending champions coming back. Siemens boys and girls swept the state titles last year in class five through 1A with uh, Great Ben's Kalen Walmeyer. Uh, taking the girls' championship, and then Washington County's Cody Metz taking the boys' championship a year ago. Walmeyer will be back to defend the title this year and actually owns the top average in the state this year for girls at a 209. Uh, Metz has graduated for Washington County. And then in Class 6A, uh, state champions, defending state champions last year were, um, excuse me, were... Shawnee Mission East on the boys' side. And Scott, remind me who the girls' champion was last year. Yeah, Junction City ended up winning the girls. and uh, That's right. Junction City was the girls' champion. Uh, your individual champion came from Shawnee Mission East. Uh, Wally uh, Workman was the boys' champion. And then uh, for the girls, your uh, state champion was? Yeah, it's uh, Madison Walker from uh, campus. Ended up winning that. Madison Walker from campus. And so Madison Walker back again this year, but Wally from uh, from Shawnee Mission East not back. So Shawnee Mission East uh, gra- took some heavy graduation losses from its title team, but your other state title teams, uh, Junk City also lost quite a bit, but in, in 5A, Seaman, boys and girls, both uh, returned quite a bit from their title teams and are coming off some really good uh, regional performances. Scott, uh, you want to recap some of the regionals from from this past week while we were all kind of tied up in bowling or at, at wrestling? Yeah, Seaman, as you mentioned, the, the reigning champions in, in 5A boys and girls, and they certainly will bring in some momentum uh, after winning regional titles. Uh, the Seaman boys had the high score of all the four regionals in last week uh, with the 35-57 pinfall total um, to win that to win their regional. And then the, the Seaman girls uh, – come through with a 29-68 pinfall total to win their regional. So um, looks like they'll be strong contenders, especially on the boys' side where they had the highest highest score of the four regional champions. Uh, Siemens girls, I would imagine some tough, uh, you know, some, some, some tough competition will come from Salina South, which uh, uh, dominated its regional, uh, winning with 3,105 3, pinfall total. Uh, that, that was the regional that Kaylin Walmeyer, last year's 5 through 1A individual champion, uh, she won that uh, regional last week, and and uh, but Salina South has a really good depth uh, on the girls' side with the uh, uh, with Nita Freeze, who initially decided or initially planned not to come out this year, and she joined the team, and and uh, uh, she's she's now up there with Aviano Ordonez, and and uh, kind of a strong one-two punch there. But they are really deep. They won a regional title. Uh, on the boys' side in 5A, uh, Kansas City Piper, uh, Andover, and Bueller were all regional winners on, in 5 through 1A boys last week. And then on the girls' side, uh, Lansing, uh, 
and Lansing and Eisenhower joined Seaman and Salina South as regional champions on the girls' side. So, um, some familiar faces showing back up at state here this week, and, and on the five through one A side, and then on the on the six A side, uh, Shining Bishop West, uh, Garden City, and Olathe Northwest won boys regional titles. Um, uh, Joel uh, Bollinger won the for Sh for Shining Mission West won his regional. Uh, and then K.J. Burns, who finished second last year in the 6A boys competition at state, he wins a regional title um, to, to lead the Buffaloes to the team title there. Uh, so in Olathe Northwest, also with team and individual champions, uh, Tommy Mitchell wins the, the regional that, that Northwest wins last week. Then on the girls' side, uh, Olathe East uh, takes the regional title in Northeast Kansas, along, along with Olathe Northwest wins one. Uh, tying Rural, actually, with a pinfall total and, and winning on a tiebreaker. And then uh, Campus, uh, which will be going seventh state title in the last nine years. They win a girls' uh, regional title. Uh, the very deep team there, uh, Walker, Madison Walker, of course, the, the defending champion. And then Savannah Sue uh, is one of those bowlers that is always up there. Uh, she's a junior and has had just three really great seasons. Um and and it is a is a strong contender, I would say, for the six A individual title. So, uh, also on the the, the girls side, uh, Kira Gonzalez from Mill Valley won an individual title last week in the regionals. Isabella Lombreras from Wichita East defeated Sue uh, for the regional title down here in the Wichita area, and then Skylar Holmes from Olathe Northwest uh, also wins uh, a regional title. She was a she was a state medalist last year, uh, so. Uh, a lot of the the teams that were that were up there last year on, on both sides of the fence here in six A and five through one A, uh, I would expect to to have a good showing again here at North Rock. Yeah, I agree. It should be some uh, great competition, and you know, just looking at some of the performances over the over the season, if you look at the uh, you know your top uh, top scores on the boys' side, these are non Baker scores, obviously, but uh, you know, Bueller, a program that uh, doesn't get a doesn't get a lot of mention, but uh, very strong. Uh, bowling program there has the best uh, varsity boys team total this year with the two two thousand eight hundred seventy three, and their girls are also in the uh, also a, a very strong uh, team that's won two state titles in in its history. So uh, Bueller boys have been very good this year, and DeSoto boys uh, have had moments this year where they've put uh, put some things together. They beat Seaman at the United Kansas Conference meet uh, earlier this year, just a couple of weeks ago. And they've got two individuals right now who rank in top five in the state and boys average. And Antonio Miranda, who comes in with a 226 average, and Colby Lovegren, the UKC champion, comes in with a 221 average. So, you know, if DeSoto can get its other other guys having one of those kind of days, uh, DeSoto's a team that I think really can, uh, can maybe step up and challenge in Class 5A. Um, and you look at Wichita Trinity, uh, another strong team, and they have the – the guy that has the top average in the state this year and Brady Longenecker. And he was, he was a top five finisher at state last year. Individually he has a two thirty average to just edge KJ Burns at garden city for the top average in the state this year. And uh, he's got the number eight uh, season series with a seven fifty seven. And so Brady Longenecker is a, is a kid that uh, probably has, has high hopes of challenging for an individual state title, but it won't be easy in five, a four of the top five, uh, averages in the state this year are in class 5A, 5 through 1A. 
with Longenecker, uh, the, the two DeSoto kids I said, I mentioned, and then Ethan Burns, who has been Siemens leading, uh, leading bowler for most of his career. He's at 223 and he was a kid that was in contention for the individual title last year and just uh, had a, had a little bit of an off game in the final game and, and wasn't able to, to stay up there and, and contend for the title, but he's somebody that uh, is definitely capable of contending for a state title, and and he actually owns the highest series in the state this year with a with a seven ninety three, and that that came pretty recently. So he's he's been trending upwards. I think he got off to a little bit of a slow start, and uh, and he uh, he's coming on strong. And so um, you know, I think the five A competition looks to be really good, and I think the six A one's wide open because you just don't have that one dominating team out there. Washburn Rurals had had good tournaments. They have a two eight two eight two nine uh, season season meet uh, score, which is best among six A schools. But Garden City's right behind with a two eight one three, and and Olathe Northwest with a two eight zero six. So I think the the six A one looks to be very wide open and should be a, should be good competition on the boys side. And and this year we've had five boys bowlers roll three hundred games. You had uh, Bishop Carroll's Don Brogan did it, and then in like a like less than a week span, you had Peyton Urisich of Leavenworth, Logan Lindsley of Junction City, and Geo Peoples of Washburn Rural all hammered out some 300 games with Urisich is actually coming in a JV meet. And uh, that got him promoted to varsity pretty quick on his <laughs> team, uh, to get pretty quickly right there. So, And then Lindsley and, and Peoples, uh, Centennial League rivals, who did their, did their 300 games back-to-back. And then late in the season, Salina Central's Chris O'Connor uh, added a 300 game as well. So you got five boys that have 300 games this year. And girls, there's only one girl that's had a 300 game this year. And Scott, that was uh, Peyton Crumley of Andover Central, who is another uh, another 5A bowler that can really, really make a run this year in a in a year where 5A girls is very deep. Yeah, Peyton's uh, uh, actually was not a medal, not a medal winner last year. She actually finished 27th, but but uh, an outstanding bowler, bowler that. You know the perfect day last year at state. Uh, you know she's highly credentialed. Had a great season. She ro- rolled that 300 early in the season. Uh, came back here just recently and and uh, won the regional by, by over 50 pins. And uh, uh, really talented junior, good volleyball player for Andover Central as well. And and uh, uh, but yeah, her 300 game uh, again the lone girls game uh, lone girls 300 this year. Uh, you know, five through one A was going to be a good, good uh, class this year for girls. I think fourteen of the twenty medalists from last last year's state meet uh, returned this year to their respective teams, and and so that just kind of shows you the depth of the field there. And and with Crumley, uh, Aviano Ordonez, who we mentioned from Salina South, uh, Katie Price at Seaman, uh, you know, you just got some really strong. Need a freeze. Um, they're just really strong bowlers in that 5A field. And, and that's what made last year Walmeyer, Kaylin Walmeyer's state title really impressive because she ended up winning that, that 5 through 1A competition by 55 pins. So uh, I would expect, you know, her coming off a regional championship to, to uh, um, you know, she, she's going to get tested, but uh, I would expect her to put up a pretty good fight to defend that title. Absolutely. And, and definitely will be tested with five of the six uh, top averages in the in the state this year, belonging in class five through one a with Walmeyer just ahead of Aviano Donez Crumley, just right behind uh, Siemens, Katie price, who has the top series of the year with a seven fifty, which is just four pins better than a seven forty six Ordonez had. And then uh, Tegan Nielsen of, of Bueller also coming back uh, from last year being very strong. Uh, she's in the top 
top six uh, with season averages. So uh, in 6A, Skylar Holmes has the top average of any bowler from Olathe Northwest. She's uh, she's at a 200 average for the season. And so, um, you know, she's got to be one of the favorites in 6A, which with along with the, the campus duo of, of Walker and Sue. And then you got Olathe East, Kelly Critzler and Lauren Leonardi are both uh, very strong. Derby's Morgan Henning, uh, Miranda Rogers of Gardner Edgerton or some of the other uh, top challengers individually in, in Class 6A. But it looks like it's going to be a great, uh, great action the next couple of days down at North Rock Lanes in Wichita. Scott and I will be down there for the for the coverage of that, and then um, that'll be our next championship to be covered. But last week was wrestling week, and I don't know about you boys, but uh, it was a long week, but a pretty entertaining week. Uh, there was some great uh, great state championships, and we were running here, there, and everywhere trying to track them all down. And and Keisha covered. The only place where you can find interviews with every single inter- every single individual state champion and, and team champion at state wrestling, and that's boys and girls. We got every single one of them uh, tracked down and interviewed and talked to about their state title. So if you want to read about any of your state champions, Keisha Covers got you covered with that, with our interviews of every single one. And and we'll start our girls uh, girls wrestling recap with. Uh, with the girls and and starting 6-5-A where we had 10 of the girls that were ranked number one going into state out of 14 captured state titles and there were some some great stories down there in Wichita and some great matches and and Mac and Scott you guys were there for the two days of that and you know what stood out to you in class 6-5-A this season? Well, I would just say that it was, you know, from my perspective, I, and, and Mac, Mac and Alute could talk about the, the three-time champions here here in a minute. But uh, to me, it was the um, really kind of the storyline that uh, that unfolded for me, on, at least on the individual side, is you had four, four, four of the champions uh, lost in the finals last year. And I, it was interesting to talk to each of them about that experience. And uh, Turner's Ariana Ortiz at uh, 100, uh, she got pinned in last year's final and came back and, and defeated Salina South Michaela Sutton for her first title uh, uh, last week and and uh, really was just very poignant about the journey and, and about how she really had to kind of take some time and, and do some soul searching and and uh, put up to, it really took her almost until the start of this season to put that loss behind her and then Hayes and Sarah Zimmerman who was just who won probably the one of the deepest classes in, in 6.5A at 110 pounds. She pinned Anna Collins from Hutchinson. Uh, Anna was a past state champion at Wellington, and and uh, she pins Collins in the final. And, and that was also a, bra- uh, a bracket that had a two-time state champion, then Larissa Garcia from Wichita North. So, um, you know, I think for Zimmerman, as much as winning winning the title was important, uh, you know, it's winning it among the company she did is what made that a, a, a pretty special uh, victory, and then Olathe North Kalen Hitchcock, who who was a, a really good wrestler last year as a freshman, uh, came back and, and got her first state title after after falling in the finals a year ago. And then you had mentioned, uh, or Brent and I had talked offline about Drew Johnson from Wichita West, the junior who uh, who is undefeated in through three regular seasons. Uh, her lone losses were to Michaela Rivera. Uh, at, at, in the state finals, and, and Johnson finally uh, turns the tables on Rivera uh, last week and, and wins that, and and real real nonchalant, matter of fact, no celebration at all, and, and gave me one of the great quotes. And when I asked her about you know not really showing a lot of emotion, Drew just said, "Hey, 
you don't celebrate putting your pants on in the morning. And that's kind of what she did. just, it was a chore that she had to do that day. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if there was, you know, how much bravado was behind it or whether that's really, you know, I don't know Drew well enough to know, uh, you know, but, but, but she did, she certainly expected to win. And I think that that did a lot for her and, in uh, getting getting that accomplished is uh, uh, you know even though she'd had two disappointments against Rivera leading into into to last week's uh, state finals, you know she really took control early and dominated that match and and then you had some multiple champions uh, among those number one ranks ranked wrestlers that you talked about Brent uh, Derby Zamaria Isa, Isa wins her uh, second state title at uh, 105 and then. Uh, Goddard's Ashlyn Goodwin, who won won the state title two years ago at 143, comes back and ends her career with her second state title uh, at 140. Um, and then when we get to the boys, we'll have a neat note about uh, about Ashlyn uh, being 50% of an accomplishment that, that that's pretty cool. Uh, and then also uh, Manhattan Sage Rosario, who came in late last year, joined the Indians and, and uh, won a state title after just wrestling in the Centennial League and, and regional meets, uh, she goes nine and zero last year. This year, she goes thirty five and zero, and and really dominates that one hundred fifty five pound class to get her second state title. And she's just a sophomore. And really, uh, I think I came away from watching Sage. You know, you, you think about a lot of great athletes the state has produced, and and you know, one that came came to mind is just Kendra Wecker up at Marysville, who went on to K State and played basketball, was a great track athlete. Whatever Rosario, you know, whatever Rosario chooses to do athletically, she's going to be great at. She is just a, a natural, natural athlete and and uh, really dominated, uh, has really dominated in her two or one plus years of, of high school wrestling in Kansas. Uh, and then Leavenworth's Hannah Jackson uh, was another champion uh, that, that uh, Matt can talk about a little bit more, but she had a the, the unique weight change from after winning the 143 pound title last year to, to wrestling all the way up to 235 this year. And, and, uh, uh, she gets that done for her second title, but, but, uh, some, some really good stories there. And then of course, uh, I'll, I'll throw it to Mac on, on, uh, a couple three-time champions. Yeah. And I'll get to them in a second. I'll, I'll finish up with, uh, Jackson with Leavenworth, which I just saw the KWCA, uh, put out their final rankings and they got the pound for pound and I don't know what happened, but Hannah Jackson went from like ninth to honorable mention, which if there's a pound for pound ranking, shouldn't it be the one that has won a state title at 140 and 235? And other than uh, running into the freight train that is uh, Olivia Steen, you know, at, at 170 before that, like I don't, I, I, I don't know how the rankings work precisely. There's got to be some, problem with uh you know just how people vote for their own wrestlers and things just kind of work out with the numbers but uh somebody should override that and just move hannah jackson on up uh there's crazy to me that she wouldn't be higher considering uh she was dominant at 140 and then seeing her at 235 and you're wondering you know i i tried to ask the questions i just had to ask like were you ready for going up against these bigger wrestlers where you was it hard to get yourself where you were in that and the truth is she's stronger than them she was probably stronger than them when she was competing at 140 she's definitely stronger than them now and she's just so quick she's so agile that uh when, when you add in the, the the technique she has she's she's so good 
Uh, she had no qualms about being at 235 after being at 140 last year. No offensive points scored against her. Every point that her opponent scored against her this year were defensive points. They were reversals. That's just absolutely bananas to me. So uh, shout out to, to Hannah Jackson. She had uh, an amazing season. And then as we're talking about domination, obviously you mentioned the, the, the three timers club there, uh, Olivia Steen from Bonner Springs and, and Nicole Redman of Olathe South. Yeah. They just get in. Uh, they, they just take care of business and, you know, uh, I think it was probably interesting that early on in uh, Steen's match, though, it did get a little scary for her. Uh, Grace Timmons of Valley Center took her down and had her where there was maybe just a little second where it looked like she might get a pin right now. Like, and she 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 kept uh, Steen down for for a while, and then uh, once Steen got back up, though, it was kind of over, and, and you could just see it, it, it in in Steen's eyes. She's like, "This is done." So she took Timmons down, got the pin. Uh, got that. I can't even imagine. Like, I'm trying to remember it. Everything's a flash. So I'll blame it on just the fact that we had so much wrestling going on this last weekend. But that match was a minute 33 and it felt like forever because Steen was actually in a bad position for a good 20 seconds. And you were like, is this going to happen? Is this? Po-? No. Uh, Steen gets the job done, and uh, she was shocked afterwards. She's been pretty shocked after each one, and I think she's the only one in the room still surprised uh, that she's winning those state titles because uh, she's been the the best at 170 for for a while. And uh, as a junior, you know, she'll just come back and uh, have no doubt it'll it'll happen just once again. And uh, Nicole Redman, uh, just another one that gets gets the job done. It's not always flashy. She knows when she can get the pin, get it over with. She knows when she's facing somebody like, uh, Cody best of Topeka Seaman that, okay, we're just going to get, uh, the points and we're going to ride this one out. She gets the four Oh decision. And, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy the, the, the celebrations afterwards. If you get a good one and, uh, Redmond busted out the, the archery pulled the arrow out, shot it into the crowd. And, uh, it, it sucks though, when you're done and you look at the photos and you're like, well, not a, s- a particular shot was a great photo, but I'm gonna have to throw that like six of them into a gif. And, uh, it's a pretty good moment of her, her, her celebrating there, but, uh, 48 and one this year. Uh, I, I, I forget the exact, but I think she maybe lost to two Kansas opponents as a freshman. Uh, she, she hasn't had undefeated seasons, but all of her losses have been nationally ranked wrestlers out of state, uh, in the, the two years since, uh, same thing with, with Steen. I think the only losses she ends up having are, uh, in, uh, Fargo all American. So she goes, uh, undefeated 39 and this year, uh, just absolutely, uh, dominant performances. And, uh, to go back to some of the, uh, ones Scott pointed out of, ones that took runner up last year and, and, uh, end up coming back and get the victory. Uh, Kaylin Hitchcock, uh, getting that one, not just, you know, getting the victory, but, uh, Jaleesa Rodriguez of Garden City is uh, really talented, but, uh, Hitchcock pulled out an eight Oh major decision. And then she got to celebrate with her dad, Dylan Hitchcock, who's the, the, the coach over there. And they get to have this really great moment. And I got, you know, talking with, with Dylan about, 
uh, you know, when he had kids, he had two girls and as a wrestling coach, you know, at the time he's thinking, well, I'm not going to have that experience of uh, coaching my kids in wrestling because girls wrestling wasn't, you know, a, a big thing at that time. Uh, but he said, without a doubt, getting to coach his daughter and getting to see her win that state title uh, was a better feeling than he's had. And he's had, you know, a bunch of, of state champions during his long uh, coaching career. So uh, that one was a really cool moment. And uh, an another one was... Uh, Shelby Davis getting the, the win at 135, uh, just really, really talented. And that was the division we were talking about going in where 135 uh, looked absolutely loaded and we ended up being absolutely right. Massive upsets. The runner-up from the year before doesn't even get a win at state. Uh, two straight losses, that's uh, pretty crazy. And Shining Heights, Madison Freeland uh, is just upsetting everybody, just getting pin after pin after pin. And, you know, uh, looked like maybe there was maybe one moment that could have happened uh, in that match with Shelby, but uh, Shelby Davis ends up getting the pin herself. She's usually perfectly fine with writing it out, but uh, she felt it was it felt pretty good to get a pin in both the last matches. Uh, Kamani Jackson in the semifinals. Those are two girls that usually it's the other way around. Those girls are get the pin, get the pin, get the pin. They get really fast matches. Shelby Davis is perfectly fine with writing it out to a, a decision victory. Felt good to to get the pin over those two uh, just you know, really, really strong wrestlers in, in back-to-back -back matches. So uh, those were probably most of the, the highlights. Yeah, we'd be remiss, Mac, to not mention the, the team champion, which was Washburn Rural. Uh, they, and the reason we didn't mention them is because they did it with no finalists, no state champions, no finalists. Uh, they take their third – the Junior Blues take their third team title uh, in the four-year history of the, the Keisha Girls Wrestling Tournament. Uh, they were – they trailed uh, – Garden City, who finished runner-up, they trailed Garden City by 20 points after the first day and uh, came back on the backside. And that's uh, uh, that's where the Junior Blues flourished. They they dominated on the backside on, on the second day of the meet and uh, with nine state placers. So uh, nobody higher than Kristen Rezac and, Ed, and uh, Addie Brockstroman, who finished third. Uh, Rezac at 105 and Brockstroman at 125. Uh, Brockstroman's... Showbird, uh, Great Ben's Daisy Gomez. Uh, that was actually that actually avenged, avenged a quarterfinal loss for Brockstroman, and it ended the senior's career with her 140th career victory. Uh, that ties Pratt's Jaden Thompson for the most uh, by any girls wrestler so far in the in the brief history of uh, Acacia girls wrestling. Uh, Brockstroman's victory also lo locks down the team title uh, before the championship matches even starts. And Damon Parker, the coach at Washburn Rural. Uh, really, really celebrated that moment. Uh, you know, it was a, a great, you know, the third place matches often uh, in, in in Kansas high school sports are kind of looked down upon by, by some, but that was a moment that uh, wrapped up a team title for the junior blues. So uh, with nine state places and Damon had mentioned to me um, afterward, he said, you know, to, to me, if you, if you look at the first day scores, first day team scores at a state wrestling uh, meet, that's the equivalent of watching a football game and seeing the team take the opening kickoff, go down and score and to make it seven to nothing. And you say, Oh, that's it. It's done. And, and that's kind of how he looks at it. And he's really preached that to his team that that, that backside is an opportunity and, and uh, his wrestlers really did a great job uh, of getting the job done there uh, with, with nine of them 
uh, finishing either third, fourth, fifth, or sixth in their respective weight class. So uh, Washburn Rural does it with great numbers. They do it with great numbers again in a very unique way. They score 153 team points. Uh, Garden City finishes second uh, with 141. <clears throat> so to, to sum up the 6-5A meet, well, con- congratulations to the individual champions, uh, Kansas City Turner's Ariana Ortiz at 100, uh, Derby's Amara Issa at 105, Sarah Zimmerman from Hayes at 110, at 115, Bree Villanueva from Junction City, uh, Kaylin Hitchcock at Olathe, from Olathe North at 120, uh, Garden City's Maya Tarbett, a Ulysses transfer, wins the 125 title, uh, Nicole Redman, Olathe South, gets her third, winning at 130, Shelby Davis of Gardner Edgerton at 135, Ashlyn Goodwin from Goddard at 140, Leavenworth Avery Johnson at 145, Manhattan Sage Rosario at 155, Olivia Steen from Bonner Springs at 170, her third state title, Wichita West Drew Johnson at 190, uh, and Leavenworth Hannah Jackson at 235. So congratulations to all those champions and and Brent and and uh, uh, Ricky, you guys were at uh, the four through one A meet. What'd you see there? Yeah, class four through one A, a little bit, uh, a little bit kind of like 6A in the fact that the team that everybody expected to maybe take the team title going in your season long number one uh, doesn't doesn't really factor in the team race. Uh, you know, Dodge City was ranked number one in 6A almost all season long, number one in the state overall, in fact, all season long. And and they had a terrible first day and, and that knocked them right out of the comp contention. And then in class four through 1A, Pratt, the defending champions, been the, uh, been the team everybody's been gunning for. And and boy, did the uh, did the arrows find their marks on that target on on uh, on Friday at or on the opening day Wednesday out at uh, out at Salina because Pratt uh, again you know last year they they had finalist after finalist after finalist this year nobody in the finals they end up having to come back just to finish fourth they were I think sitting either tenth or just outside the top ten after the first day so a rough first day for Pratt they battled back and take fourth but it's Chanute kind of almost in similar fashion to Washburn Rural. They, they get it done on the backside. They, they did have one finalist in Brindley Bancroft who ended up second at 155, but it was the work they did on the backside. They only had five state qualifiers, but four of them finish, uh, four of them place and three of them finish in the top three. And that's good enough for them to score 88 points and beat Rossville, which only had four state qualifiers make it. And Rossville takes second. Now Rossville puts two in the state championship matches and gets one title. That coming from Kendra Hurla. No shock there. Her third straight state title. Uh, she had a little bit of a challenge in her match uh, uh, at Columbus's Addison Saparito. Came out and came aggressive at, at at Kendra and took her down and and to a point where if she had been able to just follow through a little bit more, she would have gotten Hurla on her back and there would have been some some nervous moments. But I talked to Kendra and I talked to her coach Courtney Horrigan. I said, you know, were you guys were you guys nervous at all about that? You know, the, how that thing started, and both both of them said, nah, nah, I wasn't nervous. I I knew what I could do. I knew what was going to happen. Coach, yeah, I I just trust Kendra. I know she's going to get it done. And and she comes back and and uh, and she wins nine to five, pulls away late uh, from a match and gets her third straight title. And so, uh, you know, Kendra's one of those that you see her pretty high up on the pound for pound uh, pound for pound rankings and and rightfully so she's just been been great her only loss this year came to gabby coppice of of clay center who oh she's just undefeated in her career but for her to stay that way it took everything she had and every 
second of the match. She was in she was in deep trouble. Uh, Jill High from Augusta, a tremendous wrestler, only lost this year had come to uh, Gabby at uh, in the finals of the Remington tournament in an overtime decision, and it looked like Jill was going to get revenge. She came out, came aggressive, uh, took the lead early, and was up four to three going into the final ten seconds of the match. And they're on their feet, and Gabby somehow is able to get in, get a headlock, take high to the mat, right to her back, gets gets the takedown and two back points, and wins the match seven four. And and that was the first match of the finals, and we're like. Hang on, boys. If that's what the final is going to be, uh, this is this is going to be a great championship round. And it and it was. I mean, right after that, uh, you had really kind of a string of uh, surprise champions. And Ricky, you can talk uh, talk about these at at one thirty with Amanda Yeager of Colby, one thirty five of uh, Kira Mullen of Smoky Valley, and one forty of K Dong Haig of of Ellis. Uh, three state champions that I don't know that. A lot of people would have necessarily placed money on those three going into the state tournament. No, definitely not. Particularly Mullen. I, I'll have to go back and check, but I'm not. I don't think she was ranked heading into that. Uh, you know, no. she uh, she had a really tough matchup in Jaden Nye from Russell, who had, who had missed most of the year with a hand injury, but then came back for regionals, and she was just ste- Nye was just steamrolling people. And, you know, early on, you thought maybe that's how it was going to go, because Nye got a quick takedown. But then, uh, you know, in the first period, uh, Kira Mullen gets a, I think it was a reversal, and then she gets some back points, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a match. She keeps it going second period and gets the pin, and she was just she was just ecstatic. Uh, you know, one thing I was not aware of till I talked to her first year of high, of girls wrestling, first year of wrestling for her, first season of high school wrestling. I mean, that to me that I don't know about you guys, but that that is just but that is just mind boggling for for somebody and to for somebody to step up and do that and then have that kind of success. Uh, you know, it was just a really, really cool moment because she was she was on cloud nine. I mean, she was almost in tears talking to her. And, you know, um, and then, you know, like Brent mentioned, a couple other uh, Amanda Yeager from Colby, uh, you know, she went she just had one loss all year, but she was just kind of waiting for that step up in competition. Um, you know, she got it at the regionals, um, won a really you know, won a really, uh, I think, a, kind of a one-sided match at regionals against a really good opponent. And then, uh, you know, at state just kept kept coming through with big wins. Uh, you know, she defeated uh, Pratt's Jaden Thompson, who we mentioned earlier in the semis, one of the most, you know, decorated wrestlers we've had as far as just racking up victories. Um, and then uh, really was in, really controlled her match at 1.30 against uh, Brooklyn Burenhide from Rock Creek. Uh, Burenhide uh, ha- looked to have her in a little bit of trouble there in the third period, but she got out of it fine and went on to take a uh, 12-2 major decision. So, uh, you know, it was really cool to see somebody, you know, that had been caught. You know, we, had, we hadn't talked a lot about it, Megan, Amanda Yeager, and to see her come through at State, I mean, she just she got a chance to shine and show what kind of wrestler she was. And uh, another one that Brent mentioned uh, – Caden Haig from Ellis, um, you know, her freshman year, she was the runner-up to Livia Pratt, uh, Livia Swift from uh, Pratt, who was a, ended up being a three-time state champion. I believe Caden had actually beat her twice that year, so 
so it shows you how talented Caden is. Uh, you know, last year she took a little bit of a step back, step back, and I don't think she made the semifinals. I think she finished in either either fifth or sixth last year. Um, this year, I mean, she just showed what she just showed what kind of wrestler wrestler she is. Uh, had a really good performance in the in the final. Uh, pinned uh, Audrey Darnell from Baldwin. Uh, late in that match uh, to win her f- first state championship, and I, I'm sure we'll be hearing from her again next year because she is a really, really talented wrestler. Uh, you know, and then I had in my area, I had a couple um, that notched the repeat. Uh, Josiah Ortiz had to go through a gauntlet. I had 115, uh, and you know, in the semifinals, she beat a very good wrestler in Leanna Landreth from Mulvane. Uh, you know. Grinded out a 1-0 decision on on an escape. Then uh, in the finals, uh, she was in a little bit. She kind of opened it up third period, got a little bit of a lead. And then uh, Kira Lecoq, uh, you know, made kind of a last-ditch effort to pin her. Uh, You know, it didn't look – it didn't look – from where I was standing, I thought Josiah might have been in a little bit of trouble. But Josiah said, she, you know, she just kind of kept her hips down and she thought she was okay. And then the clock clock ran out. So, uh, you know, she was able to to get her second straight championship to join her sister – who is now at Shadman State, and I, I think that's where Josiah is going to go to. Uh, she was also uh, Isabel Ortiz was also a two-time state champion, and then uh, Michaela Miller, uh, kind of like uh, kind of like Mullen, last year was her first year doing wrestling, and all she did was go out and win a state championship. Uh, this year, you know, most of her matches were pretty darn easy. She was just pinning everybody. Um, she got. She got uh, in a little bit of a tough match with uh, Sierra Dempsey's uh, Sierra Dempsey from Santa Fe Trail in the in the heavyweight final, um, and she ended up pulling out a four-two decision. Uh, you know, I, I know it was really rewarding for Michaela Miller to be you know kind of in a tough spot and see you know see see her react the way she did and be able to pull out that win. But uh, just a tremendous two-year career for her. I think she finishes fifty three and one or something like that over her over her two years. Um, so just you know, I know she was you know, it was just a, a relief for her to be able to get that second state championship. And then uh, also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Sheena Gochella from Winfield. Uh, she transferred to Winfield from Hoisington um, after finishing fourth place last year. Uh, this year she you know, kind of adjusted to a, to a new environment and went 33-0 and 0 at 100 pounds and then won the title over uh, Grace Noel from Columbus uh, with a uh, second period pin. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of, you know, a lot of great upsets uh, and just a really fun environment there. Yeah, Gosella and Miller and Coppas are three of five undefeated state champions in Class 4-1A and the other two that went undefeated they were stories of great redemption for uh, for Cammie Shans of Mulvane and Emily Schweitzer of Bueller. Uh, both of them won state championships in 2021. And then last year, both dealt with some serious, serious injuries that really should have probably cost them both their their junior seasons. Schweitzer suffering from a, some, some torn muscles in her, in her shoulder and Cammie Shans dealing with elbow, a UCL injury in her elbow and she, she she said that you know when she wrestled last year she was basically a one armed wrestler out there uh, 
out there on the mat, but she's still, uh, and neither one, Shans or Schweitzer, made finals last year. They both uh, both were beaten before the finals and, and didn't quite get to get back to the title. And so that made this year both of them super determined to get back to where they where they had been before, and, and they both did it. Shans finishes a 41-0 and season at 145 in, in dramatic style, uh, takes a 5-3 overtime win over Destiny Gonzalez, and and right at the end of the second period, she she comes up and and her knee. She said she felt something pop. Something happened with her right knee, and and she was hurting. And and you wondered if she was going to be able to to complete the match, but she not only gets up and completes it, but gets a, gets the winning takedown in overtime to to win her title and finish a forty one and zero season. And then Schweitzer goes out and just dominates uh, Aubrey Hunt to Wellington, gets the pin in the third period of that match, but she had controlled it the entire way, um, and she finishes the season 32-0. and So great stories of redemption for those two. Um, you know, I know last year was a tough one for them, but, you know, that just kind of makes the, the road back and the victories just a little bit sweeter on the on the backside of it. So uh, those were some great matches. And then Oskaloosa has a, has a pair of, a pair of champions, in Allison King and Holly Thatcher, and and they both were champions last year, became the first uh, girls in Oskaloosa history to win state titles, and then they go out and do it again this year. Allison King wins at 155. She pins Chanute's Brindley Brand- Bancroft uh, in the title match, and then Holly Thatcher wins at 105 after being the 100-pound champ last year. She had a tough one. She uh, had Bueller freshman Kimber Krabs in the finals, and it was 2-1. She really couldn't get much going, but she got a got a takedown early in the match, and uh, and uh, that uh, was proved to be the difference. And so Oskaloosa, you know, their girls go back to back in in back to back seasons, and so uh, great uh, great accomplishment for the Oskaloosa girls. And so your your team champion again in Class Four One A was Chanute. Individual champions, you got Sheena Gochella at one hundred of Winfield, Holly Thatcher of Oskaloosa one hundred five. Alyssa Kalovich, the freshman from Chapman at 110, who beats upsets Brianna Ross, the number one in the final match, two to one. Uh, Josiah Ortiz at 115. Kendra Herla of Rossville at 120. Gabby Coppice of Clay Center at 125. She's undefeated in her high school career, kind of like Sage Rosario is. Uh, undefeated state champion last year as a freshman, undefeated this year as a sophomore. Uh, Colby's Amanda Yeager at 130. Uh, Kiara Mullen of Smoky Valley at 135, Caden Haig of Ellis at 140, Cammie Shans of Mulvane at 145, Allison King of Oskaloosa at 155, Grace Johns of Minneapolis, she was a state runner-up last year at Chapman, uh, moves to Minneapolis and becomes the first girls state champion in Minneapolis history and kind of cool, her uncle was the first boys state champion in Minneapolis history back uh, a couple decades ago, so Grace Johns wins at 170 with a pin. Uh, of Oakley's Atavia Kane in the finals and Kane had beaten Johns in the regional championship. So a little bit of redemption for Johns as well. Uh, Bueller's Emily Schweitzer at 190 and then Scott City's Michaela Miller at 235. So congratulations to all the girls state champions, both team and individuals. You know, girls state wrestling just keeps getting better and better and better. And I'm sure next year it's going to be even better. Uh, those state championships and, uh, There'll be a lot of new faces. Uh, a lot of a lot of these state champions were seniors, so we'll have a lot of new uh, new blood looking for state titles this year, and should be make for some good uh, good state tournaments next year. We'll now turn our attention to the boys, and 
where the girls was pretty, uh, pretty interesting, pretty uh, exciting, especially when the team races, uh, you know, champions that were crowned that maybe not a lot of people were expecting to win. Uh, not, not the case in the boys. Uh, pretty much the teams that that went in number one, kind of held, kind of held court. Three of the four teams ranked number one going into state win their win their state titles, and none more impressive, and maybe no team ever more impressive uh, than than what Hoxie did in Class Three Two One A. We've talked about them all season. How this this team is is a great team, and they went out and proved that not only are they a great team, they're a historically great team. Even on a even on a tournament where not everything exactly fell into place as he expected, but it, the Hoxie machine has never looked greater than it did uh, this weekend out in, in Hayes, Ricky. No, nah, I mean the numbers speak for for it's for themselves. I mean six champions, two runner up, three third place finishers. Um, all twelve of their wrestlers made it to the second day. Um, they finished with 260 points, which is a state was an all class state tournament record, and they win the dang thing by 159 points over second place Norton. Uh, you know, like like you said, Brent, the you know there was kind of a big moment there, and at the end of day one, um, you know they had to go through a little bit of a heart heartbreak. I mean, on a day where so much went right, um, semifinals, uh, Tate Weimer. Uh, he was a returning champ. He lost a tough match to Republic County's AJ Polanski at uh, 120, and then uh, a really gut wrenching loss. Um, Sam Watkins at 175. He had been ranked number one all year. Uh, he gets upset by Josh Herman from Sabetha. So I mean, Coach Mike Porch said Hoxie was. I mean, it was a little bit of a deflating moment for them. And but then uh, the big heavyweight Gavin Shippers brought he brought morale back up. Um, he had a really really tough semifinal win. Uh, you know, he j- just continued a really really strong push for him. And then I think he had I think he had the moment of the state tournament on honestly in the final. Um, you know, he's in a. One-one match with Sabetha's Josh Grimm uh, gets an escape late in the third period, but as he does it, he turns his ankle real bad. He's in a ton of pain. Uh, Mike Porce is trying to get him calmed down. He tries to wrap up, you tape up the ankle and everything. So Shippers, he's able to continue. Uh, then Grimm gets in the uh, in the overtime tiebreaker. Grimm takes the lead on an escape. Then. Uh, you know, he looks like Grim looks like he has it wrapped up. He's on top. He's controlling in the final seconds. The Sabetha crowd, I think, is starting to celebrate. Um, and then Shippers all of a sudden just finds his way out from underneath the bottom, gets an escape, and takes a takes a three two win. The escape came with I think like three seconds in the match. I mean, and that that place just went absolutely bonkers. Uh, so you know, it's just a, a cool moment for him. Uh, he's a guy that had. 14 losses on the season. I, he finishes 31 and 14. Um, something just clicked for him, you know, late in the season, kind of started, started at the league tournament and then he kept him going in regionals and uh, he just gutted, he just gutted it out this, this, this weekend. Um, so, you know, obviously a cool moment there. And then, uh, you know, some of the other highlights for Hoxie uh, freshman Ian Giancola, kind of a similar deal. He, 
he gets a late reversal to beat uh, Logan Courtois from Burlingame by a 6-4 decision. Uh, Carson Oaks completes his undefeated season at 38-0 with a uh, 2-1 decision over Hoisington jo- Hoisington's Josiah B- uh, Ball in a, in a rematch from last week's regional final. Um, and then, you know, one of the one of the most rewarding moments for Hoxie was seeing a guy that had finished back to back runner up the last two years and Dayton Bell, you know, he finally gets to the top of the mountain pulling out a four, two decision over Sabetha's uh, Colin Minold. And then, uh, you know, and then the kind of the leaders of the, of the team, um, Drew Bretts kind of gets everything started. You know, he had a lot of heartbreak last year, losing in the semifinals, and he comes back and gets his second state title with a 4-2 uh, decision over Drew Withington from Atwood Rollins County. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, one probably the highlight, Derek Johnson uh, picks up his fourth straight fourth state championship, uh, winning at 157 pounds over Joseph Ord over uh, uh, from Chaparral with Johnson. Uh, you know, last last year in the last match of the finals, uh, Derek, uh, Drew Drew Bell from Hoxie was going for his third state championship, and he ended it in just like twenty seconds. So you didn't really get to see how good he was. At least with Derek, uh, it was a seventeen zero technical fall, so you could just kind of see what makes him such a good all around wrestler. And uh, you know, I really enjoyed talking with Derek after the match. And you know, here's here's a little bit. Uh, from Derek about you know his legacy and and just the the team dominance. Uh. Your match first, obviously you wrestled like you like to have. I mean, your thoughts on how it felt to end it the way you did? Um, you know, I like to get the fall, but. It is what it is, you know. In the end, I, I came away with the win that I wanted and got my fourth state title, so I can't really be upset with that. I thought I went out there and did what I needed to do. Um, I think I know the answer, but did you, is there any pressure? How much pressure did you feel going for? Are you even a guy that thinks like that? None. No, no pressure, you know. That's what's great. I, the whole community, you know, they were, it was so supportive ever since we started. I started high school four years ago. You know, this year, my parents, my coaches, everybody just, you know, they just treated it the same way as they would any other year, which is what they need to do. You know, no pressure on them, on me, on the coaches. So I felt relaxed and confident, and I was ready to go out there and do what I was supposed to do. Now, with that said, now that you did get it, you're leaving a pretty good legacy. I mean, you got to be pretty proud of yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, I put a lot of time in at Next Level Training Academy over the summer and when I'm not in high school season, you know, competing, freestyle, folk style, Greco, all just wrestling constantly for the last two and a half years since I stopped playing football my sophomore year. And, you know, Matt and Tristan have been a huge help. I, I have to thank part of my oh, part of my success to them because I they put so much time into me over the summer. Those nine months between when the season starts in November and ends in February, those March to October, they're they're my coaches, and uh, I probably wrestle 80 matches between in the off season a year with them in my corner. So what's Matt's wrestling? Matt Gillen. He was a he was a four timer for Hoxie in the early 2000s. Right. Um, 
much did you guys talk about leaving the legacy for the team sport? I mean, did you really talk about, you know, getting as many points, or was it something that just kind of took care of itself? Um, at the start of the season, I think it was kind of in the back of everybody's mind. And nobody really talked about it that much. At least, like, us as a team, we didn't really talk about it that much. Then kind of as the season progressed and we saw how we could do and what the potential was if everybody wrestled their, the best tournament they could. And, uh, you know, we got to the end of the season, we kind of we looked at each other as a team and said, we can, we can do this. And, uh, you know, we had almost, you know, about as perfect a tournament as we were going to get. So I think, uh, obviously, we, we broke the record. We, we accomplished our goals. So You might know better than I. Did you break the all-class record? I believe so, yes. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I'll, I'll not look, but off the top of your head, do you know what it was? I believe it was, I heard somebody say earlier, it was the 2018 Goddard team scored 250 and a half. Okay. okay. Um, obviously, some, a ton of fun moments. I mean, when you think back on the team, I mean, what moments stick out for from you, from other guys, what they did today. Definitely, um, I guess I'll have to go back to the semifinal round. Gavin Shippers, you know, he had kind of been underperforming this year, I guess. I, sh I shouldn't really say underperforming, but he wasn't performing to what we thought he could. And then he just turned it on. He went out there. He beat the defending uh, state final, uh, defending state finalist in the quarterfinals and then had a huge win in the semis and then a clutch reversal in overtime to win the state title. I mean, he really turned it on and that's what we, uh, that was amazing as a team. And then Cash Schultz yeah. beating the Hill City kid in the semifinals. He had only beaten that kid once before after losing to him probably five or six times the last two years. And uh, that was huge. He, that was, that was huge for him. I think I, I can't wait to see what he does next two years. And then probably my favorite moment from the finals, outside of myself, was Dayton Bell. You know, two-time state runner-up, lost to the same guy twice, lost on a fairly controversial call last year to Colton Field, and uh, it, was, it was his time. You know, he's put in, he's put in the hours, and uh, it, it was about time for Dayton. He earned it. So, uh, what did you see? What were you, what were you kind of thinking on Gavin on Gavin's reversal? I mean, how did you how did you feel like he was able to do that? I have to be honest. I, I hope people don't take this as a bad teammate, but I watched Brett's match first, and then I went back behind the bleachers and I just relaxed. I was I was I was, I was going to get too excited if I actually watched those other guys' matches, so I just went back and followed him on track, listened to some chill music, and tried to stay relaxed. But what's that kind of like falling on track? It kept me. It kept my mind off my match. Yeah. It, it was good. I felt less. I felt less nervous. I don't want to say nervous, but like just yeah. more at ease, uh, focusing the other guys' matches. You know, I I could hear the crowd. I could sit back there. I can hear which side is Sabetha and which side is Hoxie. And you know, I was following track and I heard the crowd before us. They updated the score on track, and I thought, did did he really just do that? And then. Came around. I, I, got, I got up. I had to come around the corner and look. And yeah. He got his hand raised, and I was just amazed. Well, that's kind of the disadvantage of going last. I mean, did you have? It seems like there's a precedence for, for putting up as the state champion last. But how did you feel about having to go last? Uh, that was what I wanted. You know, yeah, I, 
I did. It, it worked out well because Brett's wanted to go first. He was, yeah, he's, he got to set the tone. He did. He he set the tone. You know, we went six for eight in the finals and uh, nine for eleven in medal matches. So uh, he, you know, he got out there. He won a second state title and he let him have it. And uh, I kind of, I would kind of want to be last. You know, be the be the. The exclamation point, if you would say, to an amazing tournament, I guess. Uh, you know, you've done everything you can at the high school level. Do you, do you feel like it's just kind of time for that next step in college? Are, are you ready? Are you ready for that? Um, I'm gonna take my time to enjoy this moment. Um, I'm not sure when I'll start uh, getting ready for college, but right now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride this high, and, you know take the rest of my senior year and enjoy it. So have a good break. And then uh, moving on uh, to some of the other things that really stood out. Uh, Smith Center had a, Smith Center had a really good showing uh, with with three state three st- uh, state champions and Alex Wilkinson at 144, Bentley Montgomery at 150, and Eli Franklin at 215. Uh, Franklin had to go through a, a, a really tough match against uh, Norton's Jefferson Otter. He came into the, the tournament one and three against him, um, you know, won in exciting fashion, picking up a three-two decision in, uh, in the tiebreak overtime. And, uh, you know, Wilkinson barely got in barely got in a reversal right at the, right before the 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 time it expired in the sudden victory uh to pick up a 3-1 i think there was 1 second on the clock and uh Bentley Montgomery also earned a earned a hard fought uh 2-0 decision over uh, Easton Schletzbaum from Atchison County and uh Wilkinson ended up being a uh, beating Wyatt Gardner from uh, Wichita County but a really cool moment for Smith Center. They obviously had a great tournament. Um, and then just kind of touching on some of the other highlights, uh, you know, it was just a really, really, really exciting, you know, day of finals matches. Aiden Amrine from Hill City, he had the only pin of the day, uh, beating Josh Herman um, about 50 seconds into the match by fall. And then, uh, you know, other than that, they were all really, really good pretty good matches. Uh, I mentioned Polanski. He, he got his first state title as a senior with a two Oh decision over Caden Sisson from Phillipsburg. And uh, you know, one of the, one of the more impressive seasons was a uh, Brogan, Mon- Brogan Monty freshman from Beloit. He capped a 41 and 0 season with a eight, uh, two decision over Hoxie's cash Schiltz. And um, Luke Fisher, obviously, uh, with a really, a really big win over a returning champion and Garrett Urban, uh, pulling out a three-two decision from uh, a three-two decision uh, on a late takedown there in the third period, um, you know, kind of, you know, just touching a little bit more on Hoxie, uh, you know, like Scott mentioned, the back for to score team points, the back the backside is huge, and that's how they were able to to run it up as big as they did. Uh, Watkins, Tate Weimer, and uh, Duncan Ball—you know—they all had to recover from some pretty serious disappointment in day one, and they all looked really good in second on the second day with uh, third place finishes. Um, 
to be able to, you know, help Hoxie put up that staggering uh, 260 points. But, um, you know, overall, I think, you know, I've covered it five, I've covered 3-2-1-A five times, and I think this one was the most exciting matches I've seen. They all, a lot of them came down to the wire, and it just seems like it's something about that atmosphere that, that really pulls out the best in these wrestlers. Yeah, great action out at out at Hayes. I've been out there a couple times, and boy, that that place gets gets to rocking when you get uh, the crowds from Hoxie and Norton and some other schools uh, really into the really into the matches, and and uh, it's it's a fun place to watch a state finals for sure. And then I was at Class Four A, and and uh, it was you know going into that state tournament, we felt there were four teams that really could make a a good run at it at the team title. And that's how it turned out. Andale, Rose Hill, Augusta, and Paola all had great state tournaments, and and uh, it was it was a battle. I mean, back and forth throughout the throughout the first day. But Andale really puts a puts a hammerlock on the uh, on the team title with their first day performance. They put five wrestlers in the state championship matches, and uh, that really kind of set them on their way. They. They had to do a little bit of work on the second day, but uh, they, they came out and took care of business, and the other schools really couldn't really make a good run at them. And Andale ends up winning the team title with 163 points, while Rose Hill gets its first-ever state trophy at, at wrestling, uh, takes second with 146.5. Rose Hill had four wrestlers in the championship matches, and then Augusta takes third uh, with Paola fourth. Uh, Augusta, 127 points, Paola fourth with 124 and a half and and Paola had a shot at getting third and getting that uh getting that state trophy the very last match of the finals they got Bryson Rockers go against Brock Sutton in, in the 113 pound final match and if if Rockers wins the match Paola gets third and uh he, Rockers and Sutton had gone one and one against each other this season uh with Sutton beating him earlier in the year on the pin and then Rockers winning the rematch and in the finals Sutton catches Rockers and pins him in a cradle. And I talked to Sutton. He said, I'm not much of a cradler, but I think I'm getting better. And yeah, I think you're getting a little bit better. He catches him in a, in a cradle, turns him over, gets the pin. And, and, uh, I'm not sure how many people from Augusta were there, but there was a lot of Augusta, Ottawa was there, but there were a lot of Augusta fans hooping and hollering after, after Sutton got that win to, to finish the finals. And, uh, some, so, um, great matches. Like I said, Andale gets five into the finals. They only win two of them, but, uh, do more than enough to, uh, to capture the state title. And their two titles, uh, come from AJ Furnish at 138 and Owen Eck at 144 and, and Owen Eck should surprise nobody. He was the only undefeated wrestler going into the state tournament in class 4A. He was a two-time state champion. And he uh, had to, had a semifinal match against Tucker Sell of Abilene, who also was a two-time state champion. And it was kind of the match of the tournament that uh, everybody was really looking forward to with a pretty much high anticipation. And Tucker comes out and gets a takedown in the first 20 seconds of the match. And we're like, all right, here we go, here we go. But Owen Eck is, uh, in talking to him, he's just as laid back, matter of fact, just easy going as they come. And that's kind of how he wrestles. He, he, he didn't flinch. He didn't flinch. He got taken down. He got up and came right back. And he ends up ends up handling Tucker pretty good in their semifinal match, winning 10 to 5 with Tucker getting a late takedown to really kind of close the gap in that match. But And then Eck in the championship match goes out and just dominates and pins uh, Brady Martin to Tonganoxie 
uh, 48 seconds into the final match. So he's got three state titles on his way to a, becoming a four-time state champion. And then his buddy, A.J. Furnish, wins at 138. And the cool thing about A.J. is he missed his freshman year with a back injury. He came back as a sophomore and placed top five at state. Missed all of last year with a shoulder injury and comes back this year and wins a state title in dramatic fashion. Uh, Takedown in overtime against Chanute's Trey Dillo to get a 4-2 victory. So the road that A.J. traveled to get to his state title is one of perseverance and just uh, showing great fortitude and not letting the injuries get down, get you down and, and stay in the course. And that's kind of Andale. You know, you just – any setback you get, which there, there's not many for Andale – you just kind of put your nose down and, and go to work. And, and to me, just, just kind of watching their coaches. You know, you, you look at the finals and, and you got coaches coming out in their fancy suits. I saw, I saw velvet suits. I saw king's crowns. I saw all kinds of stuff. You know, the loud colors for your school color, if it's a loud orange or a loud gold or something. And then you got the Andale coaches in the corner with a their state wrestling T-shirt or a hoodie and maybe a ball cap and something like that. It's just but just all business, and that's that's kind of what Andale is uh, with with almost all our sports programs. There's there's not much flash. There's just all business, and and they didn't quite get all the champions they wanted. Jonah Meyer falls in the finals at 157 to Chanute's Ty Leedy by a 5-4 count. Isaiah Wilson loses three nothing in the 175 finals to Cody Brand of Winfield. And then uh, Riley Marks gets pinned by Rose Hill's Bronx Wood at 215 in the championship there. And it was funny because I was talking to Riley uh, after his semifinal match, and he has to come up and he's putting together his bio for the uh, for the state finals. And he's like trying to find his records. And so he comes up and, hey, can you help me? And I'm, okay, so we'd sit there and look. And I look and he had lost 11 times this year. And I'm like, how the heck? Does Riley Marks lose 11 matches? If you've ever seen this guy, think of what you would chisel a sculpture sculpture to look like, and that's Riley Marks. I mean, he is just a chiseled stud of an athlete, one of the top football players in the state, the top javelin thrower in the nation. And I asked him, how did you lose 11 times? He said, well, I, I saw some really good guys. We faced some really good competition. Well, five of those losses came to Bronx Wood of Rose Hill. And I talked to Bronx after the match. He said, Every time he came out of a match with Riley, he came out with something, whether it was a busted nose, a hurting leg, a hurt shoulder, some bruises, you know, the you know, black eye, whatever. But he said, you know, he always came out of it something. Well, he came out of it this time with a gold medal and a state championship. So uh, and that was one of two champions for Rose Hill. The other comes from Julio Gear, a newcomer, a freshman who wins at one. 20 and avenges two regular season losses to Owen Suttles of Winfield to get that championship with a 5-1 victory. Um, looking at some other champions, Augusta's Marcus Terry uh, wins his third state title uh, at, at 126 pounds and beats Damon Ingram of Rose Hill, who he had lost uh, the previous two times he had faced him. Uh, he had lost at Ingram, but he takes a 3-2 victory. And, uh, you know, Marcus has a, has a great story. He wins a state title as a sophomore. Last year, he has a fractured clavicle in the season and has to come back late in the season and wins a state title, goes undefeated last year in getting that title and then comes back this year and, and gets a third title. So he becomes you know one of the three-timers in state history. Um, other, other state champion. And then he had a teammate, Cannon Carey, who was going for a state title at 150 as well. But Carey gets upset by Ty Wil- Tay Wilson of Pratt, who uh, – 
was in deep trouble. Uh, Carey was leading, looked like he was going to win the match six to four. And then with one second left, Wilson gets a reversal, ties the, ties the match up. And then Wilson gets to take down in overtime for the eight, six win. So one of the more dramatic wins of the, uh, of the championship clay center gets a pair of champions. Uh, Brett Loader wins at one sixty five with a pin of Houston Frank. And then Luke Young, pins Coffeeville's Kanan White in the heavyweight finals at 285 in the first period. And then he goes and he throws his throws one of his assistant coaches to the mat. Uh, he kind of does the uh, the leap into the coach's arms, but at 285, there, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a coach on the Clay Center sideline who was going to catch Luke Young's uh, championship leech. But uh, as soon as he leaps and misses, uh, he gets another coach and just does the does a throw and takes him to the mat and said, uh, they, they had a little wager on, on if he won, if he would do that or not. And so he won his wager with that, uh, with that little championship. Uh, other champions were Baldwin, Zach, Har- Jack Harvey at 190, beating one of his closest friends in, in wrestling in Ottawa, Seth Ferguson, uh, tough six to four decision there. Uh, Winfield's Cody Bren wins at 175. His dad was a state champion for Winfield back in the late 1990s, and so Cody joins his dad as a state champion. Uh, Ty Leedy of Chanute at 157. You know, he was a guy who was ranked number one last year after winning state as a sophomore and got upset in the quarterfinals by Pratt's Coda Dipman, but he comes back and gets a state title 5-4 over Jonah Meyer this year. I mentioned Pratt's Tay Wilson at 150 getting his win. Uh, Tonganoxie's Braden Moore, kind of like Leedy. He was ranked number one going into state last year. Gets upset in the quarterfinals and said it, it, that that loss really really sat with him a long time. And walking back into into the building at Salina this year, you know, little uh, little flashbacks and not not the kind you wanted. But he exercised those demons with a with an eleven four victory over Cohen Wright of Independence to get his title. Mentioned Marcus Terry. Mentioned uh, Julio Gear. And then at one oh six. Pale of freshman Brock Johnson. He was ranked number one, and he uh, he beats defending champion Johnny Leck of Rose Hill four to two to get his first state title. And uh, so Brock Johnson, you know, he he was he was I was talking to him afterwards, and he was saying, you know, he was kind of looking to see what's Johnny going to do. Is Johnny going to go up to one thirteen this year? Is he going to stay at one oh six? And and I said, well, were you disappointed when he came down to one oh six? He said, no, that's what I wanted. I wanted him. I. If I was going to ever be the best in, the, in my weight, I wanted to beat the best, and Johnny was the best that he wanted to beat. And so um, Brock Johnson gets the state championship there. And so some really good tournament action out of, down at 4A. And then Mac and Scott, you guys were at 5A and 6A. And, and Mac, uh, Scott, Class 5A, uh, you know, we knew it would be kind of a Mays-Newton duel for the title, but it looked like it was pretty much all Mays. Yeah, Mays uh, carried that number one ranking into to the tournament and, and really in 5A, if you carried a one a, five, a number one ranking into the into your into the in the team competition or or your weight class, uh, it pretty much went as chalk. Although that didn't mean there weren't some great stories there. And really, Mays itself as a as a team uh, ends Goddard's eight year reign in in Class 5A. I mean, that's just an impressive run by Goddard. We've talked about that in, the, in past podcasts. Uh, the Lions are an outstanding program every year, and they're not they're no slouch this year either. They're just they just didn't quite have the depth that Mays did. Mays. Mays with 10 state placers. Uh, they get two state champions in Connor Paget, the senior at 175, who who wins his second uh, state title to end his career. And then junior Aiden Flores, after reaching the finals last year, comes back and, and wins at 215. Uh, so two state uh, champions 
uh, among six finalists that the Eagles had. They they go two and four in the championship round. Uh, just really outstanding depth for the Eagles, and and uh, you know they beat Newton uh, for the for the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division One title. Uh, beat them in a, in a regular season duel and just had a little bit more firepower than the, than the Railers. Although the Railers were were very strong at the lower weights and and uh, but they they finished second. Mays wins that team race by thirty eight and a half points and and the team the team rankings pretty much go as chalk. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas was number three coming into the tournament. They finished third behind uh, Mays and Newton. The the one who who really probably overperformed their ranking was the, the great Ben Panthers. The Panthers finish uh, fourth in the team competition, just ahead of Goddard, uh, who takes fifth. Uh, great Ben was ninth tournament. Uh, they get a fourth place finish with seven state placers. So uh, a real good, a real good week uh, for the Panthers, who who have a have a really strong program. Um, individually, uh, a lot of number one ranked wrestlers uh, win individual titles. Uh, none more prominent. Uh, the Newton senior Nick Treister, and uh, Treister was a story going into the tournament, uh, three-time champion uh, at the lower weights, and he gets his fourth state title, uh, defeating uh, Levi Glover from from uh, Goddard eight to two in the 120-pound uh, title match. Uh, that was the second time that that Treister and Glover had had uh, battled each other in the finals, and and uh, Treister caps a, a an incredible career, 144 and five is his record. And most notably, joins his dad Matt, uh, who was as the first father-son, uh, four-time state championship combo uh, in the state of Kansas in Kansas history. Uh, Matt won four titles at, at Beloit from 1981 to, to 1984. Uh, so uh, I, I read an article where that's just the the fifth known occurrence in the country uh, of of a father-son duo winning four state championships each. Uh, it's happened in South Dakota and in, in Virginia, in Ohio, and in Oregon, and and the Treesters are the are the first to do that in Kansas. And and oh by the way, that's that raises the family title count to eleven because uh, uh, Nick's older brother Grant won a couple a few years ago at Newton, and then uh, his another older brother Logan won one uh, as well at Newton. And Logan uh, is serving as a, as an assistant for Newton or has been here for the last two seasons while he attends medical school. Uh, all the Treesters wrestled at uh, the Naval Academy and uh, Nick's heading there as well. Uh, so 11 state titles um, for the Treester family. And, and oh, by the way, Sister Brooklyn is coming up. She's an eighth grader at, uh, in middle school at Newton and, and uh, she wrestles as well. So we might be, we might be adding to that count. Who knows? We'll, we'll get our first look in high school at her next season. Uh, but the Treesters, just an outstanding uh, wrestling family, and, and Nick is as accomplished as any of them uh, with his four state title. Uh, he joins Hoxie's Derek Johnson, uh, who met her, who Ricky talked about as a four time champion. They become the 39th and 40th uh, four time champions in Kansas history, uh, according to the Kansas Wrestling Coaches Association. Uh, had a chance to, to visit with Nick afterward, and I've had a chance to talk with Nick. Uh, several times over the last two years, and and uh, I'm that I'm that uh, bug that keeps asking about the pursuit of four state championships for him, and and uh, he's always giving giving me a good answer to the question, but but he never viewed it as four. But uh, uh, in our in our final interview here on Saturday, uh, I, I quickly addressed it. So here's my here's my uh, conversation after the tournament uh, with Nick Priester.
answer it anymore. <laughs> hey, if you want to, you can always call. <laughs> there we go. Just, if you're lonely. I got you. Okay, sounds good. We'll, we'll go do it at Navy. We go in four of those or something, and then, we'll, then I'll just call you. I'll call you okay, next, right? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but just today, was there any of a mental thing today as far as last go-around? Things like that enter in your mind? Yeah. Or were you? I didn't want him to take me down yet. That was the, that was like the pinnacle, like, he's not taking me down, I'm getting my scores. That was yeah. my mental process throughout the entire time. It so. looked like you went aggressive right out of the gate. I mean, yeah, and, the... you know, it's kind of hard wrestling him. He knows my style so well, and you want to keep the match close, you know, that way you can pull him out, you know, probably toward the end. But I, I just I, I just kept the pressure on him throughout the entire match. And uh, I didn't just try and work on my feet, but I also tried to work on top two, you know, just get after it. But, I mean, I, it wasn't a major decision like I was wanting, but... At the end of the day, I went to win, and uh, I got the job done, so. You look like maybe some, I, I don't know if you feel like there's been a weight on your shoulders, but you look really relaxed right now. Is, is that? Oh, yeah, it was It was pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, I've told everybody this, but, you know, growing up, I've been coming here since I was three years old, watching all the legends that were, that came to the new high school room. And, uh, I mean, I just could not wait to compete out here. To win four titles is crazy, so. Uh, but I always really wanted to do it, and, uh, you know, I just, Take it one match at a time and uh, don't get ahead of yourself. But at the end of the day, uh, when you get your hand raised and you know you've, you've gone through all of that, you can you can then make make steps like winning four four state titles. You have to be pretty relentless to do that. I mean, you can't really let off the gas, can you? When you're pursuing, when you when you're when you're trying to win one and then win another one. Now you gotta you gotta win each period. You gotta score. You gotta win each each point. Um, it's all about winning, winning mentality. You can't go out there, wrestle not to lose, you have to wrestle to win. Like, and uh, a lot of people, there's a, there's a lot of people who struggle to overcome that. Uh, you know, it, I, I mean, I definitely had that breaking point where I finally got over that bump because I wrestled like that too when I was in like middle school. And, but then I just told myself when I was like, you know, I'm out here to have some fun, glorify God. And I only get this opportunity once, so let's go with it. Was Logan going to be the first guy you, you grabbed after you got it done? I, mean, Honestly, I don't even know what happened after it. I mean, everything was, everything was uh, you know, kind of a blur, honestly. And then my brother picks me up and spins me around. That it. Like, if you don't know Logan, like, my brother is not like that. He, he's, he's very reserved and just controlled. He does not show any emotion. So when he spun me around, I was like... I, I didn't know if he was going to throw me or not. I, I was I was really scared, actually, for a second. So. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah, but it was awesome. Well, what a way to go out, for sure. And how about these guys? AB and, and Lucas, I was going to ask you, you know, for, for them to, to get a title today. You know, uh, I'm really happy for both of them. They both, you know, suffered two, two tough losses last year. And, uh, I mean, AB came out here on a mission, and uh, that's exactly what he did. He got right to it, got to work, and ended the match early, and uh, leaving it undisputed. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of both of them. Lucas also controlled the entire match. He's clearly the dominant wrestler. Beat him at all positions. And uh, I mean, that's that's why they're state champs. So. Do you see maybe a little of him, a little of yourself in him, as the way he, he I mean, competes? I, I see each and every one of us and all of each other. Like, uh, you know, I see myself in AB. I, I see AB and me. And Jeremy, I've learned so much from having to wrestle with these guys. Because, I mean, like I said last yeah. week, we all just make each other better. And if you want to compete in our wrestling room, you got to get better. So, I mean, you got to adapt, you got to learn, and you got to improve. Yeah. All right. Hey, go celebrate. You're done. You don't need to talk to me anymore. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate you. Hey,
Yeah, so Nick wraps up wraps up that conversation talking about uh, his teammates, A.B. Stokes and Lucas Kaufman, who join him as as individual state champions over the over the weekend. And and uh, you know, to to recap Nick's title run and as a freshman, he defeats uh, Mazes and Kalen Shabazz in the finals to win it to win the five A title at one oh six. Shabazz comes back the next season and wins the title. Uh, Nick's sophomore year, he wins the 106-pound title against Great Ben's Caden Sprages. Sprages ends his career last year with a state title. Uh, then the last two meetings, of course, uh, with with uh, Levi Glover, he beats Glover four to one to win the 113-pound title his junior year, and then uh, wraps up his career with an eight to two decision uh, over Glover at the 120-pound final um, on Saturday. So. Uh, uh, just an outstanding career for for Nick Treister. It's not over with yet. He's off to the Naval Academy. Uh, just a great kid. Great interview. Uh, a, a true blue student of the week in December for 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 Keisha Covered. Really quality kid. Uh, otherwise, uh, also you know, Newton wins its gets its as I mentioned uh, three individual champions. A B Stokes wraps up his career with the 126 pound title, and, and Stokes, uh, whose dad is the football coach at, at Bethel College. Uh, he transferred, uh, A.B. went to, to Newton his freshman year and then transferred to Tulsa's uh, Lincoln Christian High School for his sophomore year uh, before his dad was hired. Uh, A.B. qualifies for state with an unbeaten record as a sophomore down in Oklahoma and then but did not place, but he ends up as a three-time state placer uh, and, and climbs the final hurdle after finishing second last year in the, in the state championships. Uh, so he gets his first title. Kaufman, a sophomore, wins the 113-pound title for Newton uh, after after falling in the in the 106-pound finals last year to Valley Center's Jet Swartz and and Lucas was just dominant in his match. He really had a, uh, a you know just total control and and uh, really talked talked afterward about just working with AB and 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 Nick in the in the room every day and and what that did for him and. Uh, you know, he was disappointed to lose last year in the finals, but I think I, I really was impressed with his approach to it. Uh, you know, he said, "Yeah, I lost, and it was disappointing." But you, you kind of also have to cherish those moments and and use them to your advantage. And, and Lucas certainly did that this season, uh, coming back to win a state title. Uh, Aquinas matches St. Thomas Aquinas matches Newton with three individual champions. Uh, so Newton and Aquinas actually have more individual uh, title winners uh, than Mays do in the tournament, or Mays does in the tournament. Caden uh, Gallup. Uh, with a with a big win at 106, uh, he's a ba- uh, Baser Linwood transfer. Uh, was kind of stuck in a real deep weight class at, at Baser with uh, Brody Ballard at 106. Uh, transfers to Aquinas and and uh, comes in and has a great season. Caps that with a with a victory over Mazes Talon Verbeck, uh, the freshman who was ranked number one in the weight class. Uh, Caden gets a, a dis- the six to five decision, scores late, or scores in the third period to take the lead and and holds off and. Uh, you know, a, a good one of one of uh, five finalists for Aquinas. Aquinas went five and zero in the semifinal matches, and and Caden uh, won his semifinal with some with by scoring in the third period. Does the same thing again in the title match, and then uh, uh, Dylan Elmore, the senior for Aquinas, he starts the starts the championship round off. They they wrestled the 165 pound class first, and and Elmore uh, wins his second straight state title to end his career. Defeating Mazes Jaden Ford thirteen to five in a major decision, and and Dylan is off to the Naval Academy to be a teammate of of uh, Nick Treister's uh, next season. So uh, there there will definitely definitely be some Sunflower State flavor uh, on the Naval Academy wrestling team next season. 
Dylan's Dylan is one of the best in the state and, and ends his career uh, with two straight titles. Uh, and then Sean Carroll uh, wins at 190 pounds for the Saints. And, and Sean was probably at a, the 190 weight class was just outstanding. Uh, he he ends up defeating Cape of Mount Carmel's Nathan Fury three to two in the final. And it was one of the better matches, uh, one of the more in, intriguing matches of the of the, the championship session. Uh, the Fury was also going for his first state title, like Carroll. Uh, they were locked in a one-one duel, and it was it was on its way to overtime. I mean, it was it just seemed like these two are going to overtime. There's there's no doubt about it. And then he's engaged in a in a shoulder lock with the uh, with uh, Fury shucks him, and as as he does that gives Fury a quick shove and, and Fury is trying to recover, regain his balance, kind of oversteps with his left foot and uh, uh, Carroll's shove put, sends him to the mat and uh, Carroll covers him with about 25 seconds left in the match to get get the go-ahead takedown and then holds on for a 3-2 to two victory. Uh, really good match there. Another really great match. Uh, uh, the heavyweight, uh, Seaman Senior, Jackson Thomas, uh, upsets Blue Valley Southwest number one ranked Torn Forsyth with a pin in the second period. And Thomas, who's going to play football at Coffeeville Community College as a running back, uh, actually wrestled up two weight classes this year to compete at heavyweight. So he was a very light heavyweight uh, at 225 pounds. He didn't. He just didn't want to shed the weight. Uh, kind of wanted to hold on to some of that weight for football. But he. But that in turn ended up making him wrestle as a really lighter heavyweight. And so he really had to use his quickness and and agility to his advantage and boy that was never more evident than that that title match against Forsyth who is also very uh you know very agile very strong wrestler uh Thomas and and Forsyth engage in a great series of, of moves and counter moves in in the second period and and uh Thomas gets the final one he tosses tosses across his body and ends up on crawling on top of him and getting the pin and and uh, one of the great reactions from the Seaman coaching staff there it happened right in front of them so a great celebration for Thomas, uh, uh, who really, um, you know, figured out a way uh, to to survive as the heavyweight and and not just survive but but win a championship. He starts the season ranked fifth in the in the preseason and ends up with the championship. So the the two weight classes where the number one wrestlers don't uh, don't win a title are at 106 and at 285. Everybody in between. Uh, was a number one ranked wrestler coming into the st- to, to the state tournament, including the two who finished unbeaten. Blue Valley Southwest uh, senior Cole Cronk uh, caps caps the season twenty seven and zero with his victory at one hundred fifty seven. And and Cole in the in the first uh, tournament of the season tore the uh, lateral collateral ligament in his right knee, and uh, so he he was able to to delay surgery. That surgery is actually coming up here later this week. Uh, but uh, wrestled with a kind of a bum knee uh, all season and uh, actually had a uh, kind of a semifinal scare against Valley Center's Easton Boone where he just kind of writhed in pain, hit the mat, and uh, had to regather himself, ended up winning that semifinal, and then, then uh, has a great match uh, with Zach Wesley from Goddard in the final. Wesley actually builds a 4 nothing lead in that final, and, and but Kron comes back and really shows his skill uh, to take a 7-4 to decision. And then Zarek Tung, your uncle from uh, Emporia, ends up unbeaten at 150 pounds. Now, he wrestled Hoxie's Derek Johnson at 157 out in the Dodge City tournament uh, earlier this season, and, and Johnson prevailed in that. Uh, but Zarek told me that that was a, a good match for kind of sharpening his game and sharpening, sharpening his defensive ability, and, and he comes back and, 
and uh, wins all three matches against uh, uh, at 150 pounds this season against Mazes Clayton Bowers. He beats Bowers three to one. And then the the other neat story I would say was at 144 pounds where uh, Goddard sophomore Jacob Goodwin wins a title, uh, joining his his older sister Ashlyn who won her title earlier in the week, her second straight her second state title. So she finishes her career as a two time champion. Uh, brother Jacob gets his first, and they become the first brother sister duo uh, in the state uh, to win a title. There were also a pair of Zimmermans. Uh, Hayes's Harley Zimmerman wins the 132 pound title over Aquinas's Caden Allen. Uh, Harley's cousin, Sarah, was the 110-pound champion uh, at, at the 6'5A girls meet. So a little bit of family, a kind of a family affair there. Also, uh, Andover's Adam Mackey joins his older brother, Lucas, as a state champion. And Adam had a good, a real good final at 138 with uh, Nikhail and Shabazz of Mays. Those three, or those two went at it three times this year with, with Mackey prevailing all three times in some really good matches. Uh, Mackey finishes his season 51 and one. So, uh, you know, while, while the number one, uh, ranked wrestlers end up winning a lot of those matches, there was, there was some really good intrigue in there. So congratulations to, to Mays, the, the team champion. They snap Goddard's eight year run, as I mentioned, a, a top five A and then to the individual champions, six, Caden Gallant from Aquinas, Lucas Kaufman from Newton at 113, Nick Treister from Newton at 120, a four time state champion. Newton's A.B. Stokes at 126, Harley Zimmerman from Hayes at 132, Adam Mackey from Andover at 138, Jacob Goodwin from Goddard at 144, Zarek Tung, your uncle from Emporia at 150, Cole Cronk, the Blue Valley Southwest senior, goes undefeated at 157, Dylan Elmore from Aquinas at 165, Connor Padgett from Mays at 175, Sean Carroll from Aquinas at 190, Mays and Aiden Flores at 215, and then Seamus Jackson Thomas, the winner, at 285. So c- congratulations to all those 5A champions. And Mac, on the other side of the arena, you had had a pretty good competition there in 6A. Yeah, early on, uh, Garden City had got the lead in the team race. Uh, they were looking pretty good, but with a, you know a couple couple setbacks, a couple guys fall into the uh, backside of the bracket that they they weren't expecting, uh, put them you know uh, in a vulnerable spot and. Uh, Derby was just barely trailing them and had, uh, you know, 10 guys uh, still left uh, in it. So on day two, uh, they just they just came. They just went right at them and and, then ended up uh, getting 10 guys that placed and just stormed in front. And, uh, you know, by the time we got to the end of the the fifth and third place uh, matches, essentially Derby, I think mathematically, I don't know what point in those matches did Derby mathematically clinch. Uh, but the, the moment that felt like that they clinched the six, a state title, uh, was towards the end when they had, uh, the third place match in, uh, one ninety. um, you had, or not one ninety two fifteen miles wash, uh, was going up against Garden City's Braden Hill, and that was only the second match between Derby and Garden City head-to-head. Uh, Braden Tatum and uh, Logan Avalon uh, battled in the quarterfinals in 126, but uh, otherwise, these guys were battling on the, the team leaderboard but weren't going head-to-head. And uh, In that match with, with Wash and Hill, uh, it was tied up, 
uh, or I think actually Hill might have had the the 2-1 lead before a late takedown by Wash to to go up 3-2. And uh, then it was just with uh, 10 seconds left is just trying to hold on for dear life. And you get a nice uh, Granby roll that looks like it's about like maybe he can get it for a second. But Wash was like, "Uh uh-uh, not letting go of this leg. And he ends up getting the victory there. So uh, that one was, without a doubt, put it where going into the finals, it was just four derby uh, wrestlers left. They were looking for state titles. And then uh, as happy as the day was going to be, it, it started to look you know, uh, a little less sunny for derby. As uh, first you have up uh, Braden Tatum, uh, a, already was a two-time uh, state runner-up. Uh, he ends up losing 13-5 major decision against uh, Dylan Cooper of Mill Valley. So he a great career ends up a three-time uh, state finalist, but uh, you, you just kept going and, and uh, had uh, Troy Allen falls to Free State's uh, Eric Streeter. Uh, Tate Rusher, who was a state champion last year, and uh, only was, he was wrestling at 138, moved up to 150 for the team. He wanted to make sure Troy Allen, who had a torn labrum going into the year uh, and didn't wrestle pretty much until got to the postseason, uh, they wanted to make sure that they had their best shot. And Troy Allen at 144 and and Rusher moving up to 150 made the most sense. And, uh, you know, it, it was still close. Rusher uh, had it tied 3-3 uh, against uh, Mill Valley's Colin McAllister. And it was just uh, basically McAllister poked his head out from under the arm to uh, end up securing a reversal just with seconds left on the, the clock. Uh, and, and so he loses that one. Uh, so finally got to the fourth one and you're the final match of state, uh, 157, uh, Egan's going up against Alex Samuelson, who's a return and state champion. And, uh, th- this one was, uh, a, a really tough one that, uh, went down another one that was tied, uh, late and Egan just gets that one point to, 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 to go ahead. And, uh, and it's in Alex Samuelson's just chasing him for about 30 seconds and, uh, no stalling call, but also, you know, by the time it was done, Egan gets to, to rate his hand raised. And, uh, it was exciting moment for him, uh, to cap off, uh, you know, it was already exciting day for Derby to, to win the team title. Uh, but also Egan had been told by coach Bill Ross before, uh, the match that this could be, Bill Ross's last go around. He's not a hundred percent sure, but chance that he might end up uh, stepping away, retiring after this year. And so for Egan, it was in his mind at the very least, uh, if this is his last match, I want to get the win for coach Ross and he pulls through. So uh, just roller coaster season for them. Uh, you know, with the, especially with the, the Troy Allen, uh, situation. Uh, but then also, yeah, like it, it being in second, trying to chase down garden city, getting to the top and then, you know, uh, it, just trying to hold on and then having kind of a, a few setbacks in the finals. But by the time it was done, uh, they get one individual state champion in Egan, they get the team, uh, title. And, uh, was uh, another cool thing was with Ross, uh, that's the second, for Derby in the last few years, they won in 2019. Um, and you know, Ross, when he was telling me about Tatum and how he wanted to give him credit, cause it's tough to have lost three, 
you know, championship matches like that. And he said he knew from personal experience how tough that is. Bill Ross was a two-time finalist in 85 and 86, which was actually, uh, he was wrestling for Arc City uh, in high school. Uh, that was when Derby had last won two state titles back-to-back. Uh, and now he's the, the the coach there getting them back to, to, to be two-time uh, state champions over uh, you know this this five year period so uh, pretty cool stuff for Derby and then looking at the uh, individual champs uh, you know I had mentioned a handful going through there but uh, we got a lot of doubles uh, got a lot of uh, two first free state uh, for the second uh, straight first time in school history they've had two state champions in back to back years uh, they end up having Matthew Markham is a two timer. Uh, a little bit of a surprise last year when he upset Jeray. This year, no surprise at all. One of the undefeated wrestlers. Uh, he just dominated his way through. And his is a cool story because he went 6-10 and 10 his freshman year. Uh, I think he went 17-8 and eight his sophomore year and didn't place at state. And then something clicked. Both his body, he got bigger, and then also just mentally... Uh, he just kind of became an alpha that refused to lose at anything. Quote from Coach Streeter is, uh, you know, now he will tell you he can beat the free state basketball players in a game of basketball. It's not just limited to the mat. He will try to beat you at anything, and that's who he became as he started to gain that confidence on the mat junior year, and that led to him having uh, an undefeated uh, senior season, get that second state title, and he was about five pins away from the all-time single-season pins record. So, of course, perfectionist. He was a little disappointed in that, but he was mostly happy to see his friend Eric Streeter uh, end up getting uh, a state title because last year – uh, it was Nolan Bradley uh, who had won, and these three have been wrestling together uh, since they were club kids. They've been wrestling for Coach Streeter. He uh, ran the, the, the club program uh, that they were in, and so, uh, you know, I think uh, Coach Streeter described it as they were, you know, thick as thieves uh, and just always hanging out together, and, and uh, both Markham and, and Streeter are looking to figure out which college to go wrestle at together, and to, to see Streeter come back from an ankle injury uh, that put him out, so that, that matchup uh, that they had with Troy Allen uh, was pretty special because both didn't know whether to get a wrestle this year. They both make it to the finals, and uh, mentioned the, the club wrestling, uh, this isn't the first time they've faced off. They, they've been in a final together, uh, six and under state championship. Uh, and Troy Allen won, and Troy Allen won a half dozen more times uh, before eventually they got to high school, and Allen got a little bit bigger, and Streeter stayed in the smaller weight classes. And so this is the first time Streeter gets the win over Allen, uh, which is a pretty cool moment. Uh, looking at the other ones I mentioned, uh, Mill Valley was playing spoiler uh, to Derby in, in, in two of those matches. Uh, another double was Manhattan. Uh, you have uh, Jamil Agnew uh, at 132 gets the win over Eddie Hugart uh, of, of Mill Valley, and that one was uh, just pretty pretty dominant uh, performance there against a really talented wrestler. Gets the 8-2 uh, decision and didn't seem to have too much trouble. But maybe even more keep your eyes on uh, is Caleb Hutchinson, the freshman at 106. He already knows he's planning on moving up some weight classes. He wants to play football, so he's not going to be down at 106 for too long. Uh, but, like, uh, 
he goes 40 and three this year, he beats uh, Braden Pacheco of Garden City, and you uh, you got to think uh, with how good he already is. Uh, Hutchinson will be a, a name to, to keep an eye on over the next few years and see how well he adapts as he has to move up a, a few weight classes. Uh, you look at uh, the 113, Easton Broxterman. Uh, this one, uh, not only mentioned Bradley earlier for Free State, uh, so you had two state champions in this one with it, it, in, in this bracket with Ezekiel Witt of Junction City. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know... Uh, Bradley and, and Coach Truder were not uh, happy with getting stuck on Broxman's side because although Broxman was the runner-up to Witt last year, he was the front-runner from the beginning of this season. Uh, he showed massive improvement and looks to be a, a force for the next few years. And sure enough, I mean, he handled Bradley pretty well. Uh, he handled Witt pretty well, gets the 12-4 major decision over uh, you know Witt, who just looked you know pretty dominant through his state title run last year. So uh, really impressive performance from Broxterman. Uh, his training partner, uh, Landon Coker Munoz, uh, he he ends up getting first at 120, and he goes 37-5, and five, uh, beats a sophomore from Olathe East, Aiden Stewart. And uh, those two kids, I guess, being alongside Broxterman helped Landon kind of uh, figure out how to avoid the pitfall of of, of coming in uh, second in your 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 first uh, state final as a freshman. So uh, that was a, a pretty good moment for them. And you know, I think their biggest takeaway was they were just sad. Washburn Rural, two time uh, champs, reigning champs, coming into this one, they end up finishing seventh as a team. And I think they look with how many young guys they have, how many they're bringing back, and with uh, those two leading the way as returning state champs, they have their eyes on coming back and trying to get back into the team hunt next year. Um, Kale Alderman, Olathe North, he wanted to celebrate with Alex Samuelson. Uh, Samuelson ends up getting that loss there at the end, so it didn't quite come together, but Alderman completes his two-peat. Uh, so really great career there for the the, the Olathe North Eagle. Uh, then I hit 90%. We're going Garden City. Uh, they, they, they end up having Colin, uh, Clay Stuber makes it through in 165 and, uh, another knocking off an Olathe North kid, Jacob Vasquez, uh, that one's a six, two decision. And, uh, Colin was, you know, just talking about, uh, he's had tough luck cause he has, uh, you know, first year, uh, you get the COVID situation of the the way regionals uh, works out with the sub-state. He ends up getting fifth at sub-state, gets, uh, I believe, pinned in the final 10 seconds uh, of his match that could have pushed him into state. So doesn't make it that year. Uh, ends up uh, injuring his ankle going into the next year. Uh, he, he just, there were so many different, things that kind of uh, stopped him from being able to come in to state healthy. And this year, a couple couple things, but he got through it, and uh, he ends up being able to, to get that 6-2 victory. Uh, then you have uh, maybe one of the best stories of this, Luke Barker of Dodge City. He wins his third, and uh, Rookie had uh, written the story uh, back in the, the summer when uh, Damian Mendez 
uh, died uh, of heat stroke and, and, and uh, just what he meant to that Dodge City program. And for Barker, it ended up becoming, you know, he, he wanted to win for, for, for Damon. He said he felt like he was in uh, there watching him. And, 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 and uh, not only that, it ended up being pretty good parallel to the career. Uh, Mendez also was a, a three-time champion who had a sophomore uh, stumble uh, and, and stumble meaning getting runner up instead of first, uh, Barker had the same thing and then, uh, ends up getting that undefeated senior year, uh, to win his third state title. And, uh, other than losing one time as a junior, he would have also had the, the back-to-back undefeated state title seasons like Mendez. So that was a, a really cool moment, uh, at 190, uh, Tristian Juarez of Liberal uh, ends up, uh, he just dominates. And we can run through this one pretty quickly because he went through his bracket pretty quickly. Pin, 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 pin. Uh, took a little bit longer, four and a half minutes uh, in the final to, to get Alan Cherez uh, of Garden City down. But uh, once he does, uh, nobody poses better than Tristian. Uh, he, he, he goes and he'll give you the flex. Uh, he's got biceps up, biceps down. And he ends up uh, getting a good point to you. So uh, he's he's pretty solid. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, maybe the piece de resistance, uh, Brett Carroll, Olathe East. Uh, this is a, a, another rematch from the, the year before. Sebastian Lopez had pulled off a pretty great pin at the very end uh, of that match while being down a little bit. He ends up finding himself down in points again this year to, to Brett Carroll. But when he goes uh, for this lat drop, because uh, uh, Lopez is a pretty good Greco-Roman wrestler, uh, he, he, he goes for it one more time. Brett Carroll isn't having any of that. He turns that into a situation where he can stick him, gets the pin, and, and gets the win. But both those kids are are juniors and they had each one got a hell of a celebration uh after winning their state title it'll be very interesting uh to see if they get a matchup again uh one more time round three of of state finals uh next year as seniors but uh that's the 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 guys uh for 6a and and all of the uh, uh state champions there and ricky i think had one more uh one more champion he wanted to mention out of three, two, one, a, that he, uh, inadvertently skipped over and we'll get him. And then that'll wrap up our, uh, state wrestling, uh, coverage. Ricky, who was the one that you needed to get? Yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to Mason younger from Ellis. Um, he was the 126 pound champion with a, uh, 10-3 decision over Hoxie's uh, Wayne Shepard. Uh, finished runner up last year, his freshman year, uh, he got hurt and was unable unable to participate at state because uh, he got hurt right before the, I think in the practice right before the state tournament. So, um, you know, it's, I know he was pretty excited to get his championship and I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Sounds great. So congratulations to all the individual champions and our team champions from state wrestling this year. Uh, it was a wild four days in Wichita and, and Salina and Hayes, but some great action. And we look forward to, uh, Going back next year. Well, I think we do. It's a, it's a lot of work for us on our end, uh, trying to get pictures of every every championship match and semifinal match and get interviews with every kid that wins a state title and teams that win state titles. But the, uh, the work is all worth it in the end to see the payoff for these kids. So congratulations again to all our state wrestling champions. 
Good luck to all the bowlers over the next couple of days as they go for state titles. And we'll come back to you next week with a state basketball tournament preview and predictions. I'm going to put these guys to the test and, and have them predict their champions in each classification, boys and girls. Uh, uh, so we can kind of have a little, uh, little gamesmanship amongst ourselves here as we start to look forward to state, uh, state basketball as well. So for Mac Moore, Ricky Peterson, and Scott Pass, thanks for tuning in to our special edition of our Acacia Covered podcast, and we'll see you again next week.